Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Taz, Jim, Devin Peacock here in the FM 96 studios, and it's good to have you back here, Jim. After your cottage weekend, you went up to the Elliott Lake area where the Kelly family has laid down some roots, built mm-hmm. a couple of cabins. You have a good uh, good time with the fam? Had a great time. Brought the dog up this year, boated around, drank a ton. You brought your girlfriend, too. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> a couple old dogs up there. Yeah, I like, had, yeah. I had so much fun with the dog this weekend. <laughs> well, I thought that uh, was, was a it, given. Wasn't Sarah with you? Well, I think that's obvious. Yeah, we were all, the whole fam was up. Uh, it was a great time, but on the way up, I was reading Twitter and uh, reading about those BC murder guys, those two guys who are still on the run, and uh, Ontario Provincial Police were saying, look out, Ontario, these guys are coming down northern Ontario somewhere. Yeah, we mentioned it. We said, it was it Kappas Casing? Is yeah. W- yeah. Where they might have been, or the, the word last week was police were looking in that area. Yeah. And we checked out the map to see how far away they were from you uh, in Elliott Lake. And Kappas Casing's still north, but if they were coming down this way, we, they would have to come around that area. So were you scared at the cottage, or were you thinking about, like, these guys might come walking out of the bushes? Wasn't scared, Taz, but I was aware. <laughs> Had my head on a swivel. And the first night we got up there, actually, it was, it, was, it was midnight. My girlfriend was already in bed. The dog was inside, and I was outside just enjoying myself, looking at the stars, you know. But I got oh, yeah. a little... <laughs> <laughs> But, like, I had a flashlight just because it's fun to... I, it's nice to have a flashlight. It's so dark up there. But at one point, I heard a little rustling. And there's always movement in the bushes up there. There's uh-huh. so Because you're really isolated. Like, it's water access only. There's no cars. So it's very quiet. And at one point, I heard a little rustling. And I, I was like, oh, probably a little squirrel or something. But then it was actually kind of big. It was getting and, louder. And it, it kind of sounded like footsteps. And I, so I, I'm like... Gosh darn BC murders. I'm like, I'm gonna take these guys <laughs> down for sure. So I flash my light in the in the forest and the footsteps stop. And, oh, and no. I, I'm like, okay, okay. So then I turn the light off again and I can hear it go up again. I turn the light on and I try to see anything, can't see anything. Uh I turn it off. I hear the footsteps go all the way around my cottage. And I'm on a, a raised deck and it comes around to the other side of the deck, and I can't see anything, but I can hear it, and then I can hear it underneath the deck. I'm like, what is this? And then, so I shine my flashlight down under the stairs. There's a ti- a, t- uh, uh, a tiny fox staring up at me. I got a, I got a picture of it. It stared up at me for two minutes. And I was like, go on, get, get. And it was just like, hey, how are you? And it was wandering <laughs> around for two minutes. I long enough that I went inside, got my camera, and took a picture of it. Look at this thing. Hold on a second. Oh, that's a cute little guy. Look at look that. At that. Look at that. Yeah, much there rather see that than two BC murder suspects on your uh, on your property. I think I was relieved. <laughs> <laughs> I felt yeah. a lot safer. Well, Dev and I were talking about what would happen if Jim Kelly did encounter these two guys, and imagine Jim was the guy who finally, after this manhunt has been going on for weeks, was the guy who took him down, and we both concurred that there is no way you purposefully would be able to take out those two murder suspects, but we could see you, like, 
accidentally taking yeah. them out. Like I have my four-wheeler and I'm trying to get it in gear and I accidentally have it in reverse and I hit the gas <laughs> and I run them both over. Exactly. Like, what, the? what was that? Oh, oh no. Exactly I don't. Wait a second. Aren't those those two ugly BC guys? <laughs> or you're taking like your... Uh, your canoe off the roof of your truck and it like slides <laughs> yeah. in on or, top of them and or like captures I, them underneath. I'm boating and I spill a like a coffee or something like that. I'm like, oh no! And then I look up and I smoke two canoers. Ah! <laughs> you hit them with an oar <laughs> yeah. and they fall out of their boat into the water. Whoops. They're yeah. still on the loose. And speaking of boats, wasn't there like a, a tin boat or something that police were looking for on the weekend? They thought these guys may have uh, fallen into a river somewhere, Dev. So there was a report on Friday in the Nelson River about a aluminum boat that was damaged that was found along the riverbank. And so the RCMP's underwater recovery team searched uh, over the weekend uh, to see if they could find anything. They did not, so they ended the search on Sunday. So there's still no sign of these two guys. Crazy, man. What would you do if you heard this noise coming from the bushes, Jim? You know what that is? I don't. Sounds like a choo-choo train. (laughs) (laughs) Well, police in Germany were called to a primary school the other night after hearing those noises over by the playground. Police showed up to find two hedgehogs mating. (laughs) How long was this going on? Once you get in there, you're a hedgehog. I guess once you get in there, you got to enjoy it because it's a pretty tricky situation navigating. <laughs> Around those spikes. But if I'm, I'm picturing Sonic, and that guy's real fast. Well, I'm glad you're picturing Sonic because I was picturing Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> the hedgehog. I want to see you peacock. peacock. Yeah, Peacock is here, and I love this story, Dev. This is uh, going to be made into a movie. 100%. This is, this is coming. So a uh, A's fan, his name's Nathan Patterson. He's 23 years old. He has uh, gotten a contract with the Oakland A's after he was able to throw 96 miles per hour uh, earlier this uh, month, or I guess last month, at a game uh, between uh, the A's and the Colorado Rockies. In game, he just threw a 96-mile-per-hour fastball, and they signed him. Well, you say in-game. He, he was a fan. He was there as a fan, and he went to the, you know, they have the booth set up sometimes at, mm-hmm. the, at the baseball park. They have it at the Detroit yes. Tigers. Comerica Park, they've got it set up, and you, you wait in line, and then you're like, hey, let's see how fast I can throw the baseball. And he throws a 96-mile-per-hour fastball. And they're like, "Whoa! I didn't realize the the guy or the gal running the uh, running the fan uh, pitching booth has a direct line up to management." But apparently, somebody's <laughs> hey boss, like, you know that pitching guy we're looking for? I think we just found him. You got to get down here right now. Just threw ninety six miles per hour. It's not a fluke. He also did it at a Triple A game for the A's earlier this season as well, where they had the same setup done, and he threw ninety six miles per hour then. So he caught their attention then. He did it again July 15th against the Rockies, and now they've signed him to a, a contract. That's it's crazy. Cr- it's crazy because you, th- I mean, it's 
hard to throw a ball that fast, but you'd think... I wonder what else they know about the guy because, I mean, you can shoot a 100-mile-per-hour slap shot, but that doesn't mean you're ready to play in the NHL or should even be considered. This kid has has played baseball before. It's not like he just got up off the couch and realized he had a superpower. This isn't like Rookie of the Year? Break your arm? Great movie, by the way. He didn't find Jose Canseco's magic shoes (laughs) (laughs) and put them on. He's played baseball before. He took some time off. He had an injury, took some time off, and hasn't played for a bit, but uh, it looks like now he, he could be a major leaguer. Yeah, he played uh, baseball in high school, did not pursue it in college, got injured, as you said, and now he's 23 years old, going down to the ma- to the minors. I mean, there is more to pitching than just throwing hard, to Jim's point, but a big part of... Uh, <laughs> The success these days is being able to throw hard. So if he can get, I mean, he could he could be a reliever. He could make millions of dollars if he just throws like a fastball and a changeup, and maybe he gets some other pitch, and he can do it with accuracy. Plus all the Disney money when they make this, <laughs> as you uh, mentioned at the start of the segment, into inevitably make it into a, a feel good movie, right? This happened a couple years ago with a guy with the uh, Texas Rangers, Tampa Bay Rays. He was like a, you know, he had the whole Hollywood story. It became a movie. Mark my words, movie coming here. I would like to see uh, the half-court basketball guy. (laughs) (laughs) Some guy who's, all he does is take half-court shots. He's just the best at it, right? Where'd you find this guy? He won a contest at halftime. <laughs> Pulled him out of the stands. Thanks, Dev. You got a question. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. A question about custody or his neighbor. Ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. Ian Snedden, partner with Cohen Hiley, is in studio. CohenHiley.com if you need him. And he's taking your calls. Let's start with Skyler. You've got a question about an accident you were involved in, Skyler? Uh, yeah. So I went out to a dealership in London, and we were test driving cars and came back from the test drive. And all of a sudden, um, I, I went to back out, and apparently there was a motorcycle behind me that I couldn't see. Um, I happened to bump the motorcycle, and it was illegally parked. So I'm just sort of wondering who was at fault, whereas, you know, I was in a parking space. Were you not. in the vehicle that you were test driving when you backed into the motorcycle? No, no, oh. I was in my own, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say I backed into a motorcycle, and then I knocked over the 20 more motorcycles that were parked next to it, like Pee Wee uh, Herman. Remember Pee Wee's <laughs> Big Adventure at the biker bar? Yeah, domino okay, style. Could have been a lot worse. <laughs> it could have been worse. That's for sure. But if this motorcycle was parked illegally, then who's at fault there? Well, yeah. it's a good question. I mean, I think there might be some contributory negligence, but uh, parked illegally or not, I think, Skyler, you're going to face some liability because you still should have done your due diligence in checking to see what's behind you. Now, I don't know if this is completely analogous or applicable, but there are cases where pedestrians are crossing the street illegally and they get hit and, and the liability still falls mainly on the driver. There could right. be some contributory negligence. So it's worth, it's worth pursuing. That's the type of thing that... Uh, looking into further, but it's something where you don't want to hire a lawyer to look at that. That's something where you'd hire probably a, a paralegal or uh, even a, a law student or up at Western, they have a free legal clinic. Awesome. Yeah. How much damage did you do to the bike? Uh, well, they said if it was over 2000, we had to go to the reporting center and that's where we went. <laughs> oh Lord. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. 
that's a tough one because I feel like if there's something wrong with your bike, you can just park it behind a truck in a Sobeys parking lot and just yeah. hope for the best. <laughs> Get somebody to back in. Yeah. Like if you got in an accident, you damage your bike, then you just wheel it behind a car. And, a cube van. Look what you did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Skylar. Good luck with that. Uh, let's take a question from Chris. He wants to uh, know something about uh, a book. You published a book? I did, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but I called a uh, year or so ago when Linda Doyle was on. and um, The psychic? Yeah. She uh, she gave me really good advice, and I pursued it, and it turned out really well, actually. Really? Yeah. Why did I sound so surprised there? <laughs> Other than the name of the publisher, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've published a book, and you have some concerns with the company that has published it for you. That's correct. Um, so basically, like, I did, there's an algorithm you can do on Amazon for your sales ranking. And uh, according to Amazon, it's a very accurate, um, it's very accurate number it spits out. And according to that uh, algorithm, <clears throat> I was selling about 90 books a month. And uh, I didn't get a royalty check for the last three months, which was really odd. And um, so I called Am- or the company I published through, and I tried to get the information that um, Amazon keeps for, like, how many books you sell, where, or how many books you sell, where you sell them, and, like, the age group and all that kind of stuff. And they're denying that information. The publisher is. Yeah. It's almost like they don't want you to know how many books you're selling. Exactly. And I've heard that like those types of publishers, um, they'll like not be completely honest. And I just want to know if I'm being ripped off or not. How can you, how can you get that information? Is there something that he can do, Ian? Um, well, I've never written a book, so I don't know much about publishers, but, uh, um, I would think I'd start with writing to the company or having a lawyer do a demand letter to the company, see what they pull up. If not, I mean, there's always there's always a lawsuit available uh, if they won't comply. Yeah. I'm As sure Ian has said to. on this show multiple times, you can sue anyone for anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds to me that uh, they would have to disclose that information. But without looking at the contract you signed... I wouldn't know. It just seems to me common sense tells me you're entitled to that information. Yeah, especially when I, the very first thing they told me that everything is 100% mine. And that's, the, that's what they sold me on. So how do, you, how do they get paid? Every time I sell a book, they keep uh, like a percentage of it. Right, okay. But uh, like if, if they're not telling me all the books I'm selling and then keeping all of it, <laughs> that's going to be a problem. No kidding. What's the book about? It's called A Monster in the Making, An Accidental Creation, and it's about uh, a young boy that, uh, a fictional story about a young boy that grew up in a, uh, like a pretty hard life, and both of his parents were addicted to drugs, and the mother ends up murdering the father and getting the kid to help get rid of the body, and then it's just all downhill from there. Well, yeah, it sounds like that is pretty <laughs> low down the hill, hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's the feel-good book of the year from uh, FM 96 listener Chris. <laughs> so, Chris, have you, have you contacted whoever your contact uh, is at this publishing company in writing or just had a verbal discussion? Verbal discussion. I talked to them yesterday, and she got very defensive and... Basically, 
didn't really give me a reason why she can't give me the information. Just Send a letter or an there. email and try to get a response in a letter or an email and then take that to a, a lawyer and, and get some advice if they that's, don't give you what you want. That's great advice. And kudos to Linda Doyle for getting uh, Chris's writing career off the ground. Nailed it. Pretty exciting. Jim, you've pulled up the the book on Amazon Mm -hmm. there. Is that what you were doing? Only three copies left available. Simple math, Chris. You want to know how many books you sold? How many did they start with? Yeah. Because there's only three left in stock if you want to uh, pick one of those up. I think Linda Doyle bought every copy (laughs) to make her psychicness (laughs) seem more legit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Either way, those books have been sold. Chris needs to get paid. If you have a, an issue you need resolved, you need a lawyer to get uh, get the job done for you, you can contact our friends at CohenHiley.com. Ian Stedden, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you next month. See you next month. Pretty sad weekend news-wise. Shootings in Toronto, shootings uh, south of the border down in the United States. And gun violence here in London, Ontario. This is a story from last week that people in the Forest City should be aware of. Uh, We found out that uh, a road rage incident was responsible for a guy getting shot in the face here in London, Ontario. Yeah, the story dates back to May. The update came, as Taz said, on Thursday where a $10,000 reward was issued. They're looking for information leading to the arrest of what happened. So back in May, there was a road raid incident incident where a, uh, sh- a Chevrolet Cruze was being driven erratically. Uh, that car had an interaction with a different car. The other car uh, leaned over to say something to the Chevrolet Cruze. Gave him the finger, gave, right? And then gave him the finger. And at that point, the person in the Chevrolet Cruze pulled out a gun, shot the gun, grazed part of uh, their face, <sighs> um, took out some teeth, uh, the victim out of hospital doing better. They found the vehicle a couple of days after this all happened back in May, but the actual suspect himself, uh, they have not located and they are still looking for. It's not much of a description, unfortunately. Um, they are not known to the victim. They're described uh, in their 20s with a slim to average build. That's why you got to just let it go, man. I know it's frustrating driving around this city right now with all the construction and, and the traffic issues, but... Take a deep breath and mutter something under your breath, maybe, but do yeah. not engage. You never know who's in that car next to you. And what's the best that could happen? You're never going to resolve anything or feel better about the situation. And there's a lot of angry people on the road. This isn't anywhere close, but I, I don't know if I cut a guy off, but somebody was mad behind me, zoomed out beside me and threw like a full drink at the side of my window. What? Yeah. When was this? This was like six months ago. And it scared it scared the hell out of me. And then why is it, why have you not told us this story before? I, I kind of forgot about it until now. But I I didn't chase anybody or anything. But if you're willing to zoom around somebody, roll down your window, throw like a it was a McDonald's drink because I know because when I pulled over and stopped when I got home, the plastic lid was jammed in between the door jam and what? still fluttering in the wind. What did you do, Jim? I I don't know. I I I, th- I, I turn. I was turning left in the turning lane. Um, on Oxford, turning on to Wonderland, and you know, there's like the the those longer turning lanes that have the the I don't know how to describe, them, but they're yellow lanes in the uh-huh. middle, in the median, essentially, and then those eventually turn into an actual turning lane on yeah, Oxford. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if the guy was coming up in the yellow part before it turned into an actual turning lane into an intersection, and I pulled in front of him. 
I don't know exactly what Something happened. Something had happened. I must have cut this guy off. I did not see him behind was me. Was it pop or a milkshake? I think it was a pop because I didn't... I, I feel yeah, like the milkshake would have stuck around yeah, for a while. Yeah, it would have been worse if it was a milkshake. But, I mean... You're lucky. If my window was open, it could have came and swung me in the face yeah. and I would have, you know, hit or a light pole. if you had a gun in your car... And somebody threw a pop at you. You're, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'll see your pop and I'll raise you yeah. a bullet. And I was livid because it just it, you feel violated when somebody does something like that. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow this guy home. Uh-huh. And then he kind of he was swerving around traffic to get away from me. So well, I s- remember, I had the guy who who hit my door in the parking lot with his car, yeah. and I chased the guy down. Yeah. In hindsight, terrible idea. Who knows yeah. who you're chasing? Who knows who you're giving the middle finger to? Who knows who you're throwing a, a fast food cup full of uh, soda at? It's not worth it, man. And this story is evidence of that. So if people do know anything, Dev, if they have uh, advice that or information that may help lead the police to this suspect, where do they go? Call London Police or Crime Stoppers. Again, there's a $10,000 reward for information leading to the rest. The doling out of that money is at the discretion of the investigators, but call London Police or Crime Stoppers. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.